Hey guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of Real Live Talk. I'm pumped that you're here to check out this conversation with my friend Tim Outlaw. Tim and his wife Sarah are mission-minded people with a huge heart to see the unreached people of the world come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Through Nation to Nation Christian University, they're providing video-based training and discipleship to Christians around the world. Their ministry involves going into some of the most remote regions of the planet to start Bible schools and provide resources and training. They are on a mission to bring Bible training to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Obviously, what they're doing is extremely, extremely important. And uh, really, this conversation centered mainly around Tim's new book, which is called God's Plan for You, which is a 21-day devotional designed to help you come into a deeper understanding and discovery of God's will and God's plan for your life. And I think the fact that it was written in a devotional format, it's easy to digest and ingest and to really begin to apply the principles that Tim discussed to your daily life. So um, I would uh, love for you to check out the book. It's available on Amazon.com as well as on Tim's website, TimOutlaw.com. I pray that this conversation blesses you or challenges you in some way. And uh, don't forget that these episodes go live twice a week, typically on Mondays and Thursdays. The times vary because I'm meeting with people at different time zones in different parts of the world. Uh, so if you like my Facebook page, at DK Lamastra, that way you'll get automatic notifications so you never miss an episode. All right. Well, thanks again for being here, for joining me. And uh, now let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Tim Outlaw. And for the second time, Tim Outlaw, ladies and gentlemen. Tim, I still think you have the coolest last name in the business, man. I love it. Yeah, and it's appropriate for the uh, nations in which minister to a lot. And yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man, thank you for being here. Thanks for doing this. Um, I had you and Sarah together on the podcast uh, pretty close to the beginning of this podcast so almost about a year ago oh, wow. and uh loved our conversation we just we talked a lot about the work that you guys do with nation to nation christian university the work that you do in missions with your your heart and your passion your desire to go after the particularly the unreached people of the world and uh, all that you do to provide resources for ministry for um for missionaries excuse me around the world and it was just uh super cool and i'm pumped to have you back on and yeah man if you could before we jump into some specifics here could you just um as a reminder to anybody listening just share a little bit about yourself who you are and what you do yep so um goodness so uh sent out by elam and so i work under nation nation christian university so uh, largely what I do is a lot of administration stuff and like I'll go into new nations and or some of the nations we've been already been in. Um, for instance, uh, uh, last trip I was in Tanzania and um, just to bring resources, Bible schools there. Uh, sometimes we're bringing resources to start new Bible schools. Sometimes it's women's discipleship, youth discipleship, all kinds of different resources. Uh, my wife and I lived in Asia for years. We still have a lot of uh, contacts here is how i'll put it and we still do a lot of things there um i can't say a lot of names of uh nations because uh we because there are four nations now we're, we're working in asia they're all persecuted nations so i can't be like wow. oh yeah this one that one um you know and i know lots of people that are listening that are family and friends so know you know me and my wife lived for years and that's where our heart really is and to get stuff there mm. 
Um, but yeah, just equipping the church with resources because, you know, um, there's so many uh, avenues we have here in America. You know, we can YouTube and find some of the best preaching, teaching, uh, discipleship materials. And uh, places in Asia, they can't. You know, there's places in Africa, mm. they can't. And so just making that uh, training and teaching available and so that people can get proper training and make disciples of all nations. So uh, that's kind of what I do. Um, before we get too into it, though, I want to tell you. So yeah. I have been listening to your show a little bit. I really enjoyed uh, you and Josh Hogenkamp's discussion on the metaverse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's some groundbreaking uh, kind of doctrine discussed there. So I just, before we get too much into what I do, I just want to come out against metaverse baptisms. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about it. Man. No, we don't need to go. I just, I thought that was humorous and that there was actually, I, and for what it's worth, Josh gave a decent argument, but, uh, uh, I thought that was entertaining. So, but I am I'm staunchly against metaverse baptism. So, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Baptism. I'm pretty sure. I don't know how adamant or unadamant I was about it, but I'm pretty sure that for the most part, I was. I don't know. Do you remember? Was I against it? I'm pretty sure uh, that I was pretty much against. It sounded it, like barring... you were. You didn't give a lot of opinion. You let Josh kind of share yeah. you know, what was going on. Yeah, and, and I know Josh was just kind of arguing both points. He wanted people to know the perspective and direct. Oh yeah. Their head and, oh uh, yeah. And, and I know family and uh, friends that are listening, they've heard me make lots of jokes about Metaverse. Uh, I remember at Thanksgiving, I was like, isn't it weird to think in three years we'll, we'll all be eating virtual turkey in the Metaverse, you know? And mm -hmm. <laughs> they just look at me weird and don't acknowledge <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was one of the parts of the conversation that I said. Like, I'm like, I don't know how this works as far as actually being able to eat. Because, like, I could go and we could go into this virtual space where we can commune together we can hang out together in a coffee shop or in an applebee's or like whatever and we can we can sit there we could be together and we can be having this very immersive kind of experience talking okay. to each other but if i'm sipping coffee or eating a you know eating a meal with you in the metaverse i don't know how that translates to it actually affecting me in the natural <laughs> unless i'm actually in the natural uh you know i i did say i did say this that i thought this was kind of an interesting thing to think about the the immersive experience working from both ends so if in this real world where i've got my goggles on or whatever it looks like at the time and you and i are sitting together eating in a coffee shop if i've got my own cup of coffee here in the real world then my avatar is basically doing the same thing that i'm doing here and then that's a way that it could kind of happen but then i still have to go to my own kitchen and fix my own cup of coffee yeah. and all that kind of stuff and so there's definitely barriers to this just becoming, I think anyway, I can't figure out in my mind how to get past it. Um, you know, barriers to making this just completely 100% immersive where you're living in this space, barring, you know, you're connected by like matrix style, like they shove something in the back of your head. So everything is just, you're like literally plugged up to some kind of machine or something. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm not really, I'm not down for the, 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 baptizing your avatar <laughs> that was a that was an interesting thing that came up i had i, I hadn't even considered that until uh, until josh brought that up on the podcast yeah. but that was an interesting thing but thanks for listening man i appreciate yeah. it <laughs> good stuff um so yeah man well first of all congratulations on your new book from uh, what i've been looking at and reading your reviews and things like that and uh, i have read the book um, and it just seems like it's doing very, very well. 
already. It hasn't been out for that long. Yeah. And so congratulations. The book is called God's Plan for You. I'd love to kind of get into a little bit about your heart, uh, why you wrote the book in the first place, what maybe were some of the factors leading up to you um, yeah, sitting down and, and having a desire to get this thing out and get it published and all of that, man. So what's kind of your heart behind this book? Or if you want to start somewhere else, if it makes more sense, you know, yeah, that's I'll, jumping I'll, the gun a little bit too much. I'll start. Go ahead. And, story. and if I, yeah, it's a long story. Like I, I know you've written some books. It is a journey to write a book and to get it out there. And so uh, if I get too much on a bunny trail, bring me back. But uh, yeah, yeah so, um, <laughs> with Nation Nation, we start every day with prayer. And so going back to uh, 2019, uh, we're just praying as a staff and um, crazy long list of things to pray for, right? Because we're in like 40 nations sure. and all this stuff and, you know, pray for this this guy here and that guy there and and stuff like that. And so one thing, uh, you know, we film Bible courses. And so one thing that we pray for every week is new Bible courses and what those topics should be and, you know, how to improve the curriculum. And again, my, my thing is like, I, I plan out trips, I go on trips, I help equip people. I don't write the curriculum, you know, that's not my, my role. Um, but in 2019, uh, we're there praying and I really felt like God put on my heart, you know, Tim, we need, we need a course on discerning God's will. Right. And that was an mm. area where I really struggled early on. Um, and, you know, I can remember like from being a little kid to like really, I mean, really strong in my twenties, right. Cause you want to know when you're right, right out of high school, right. Like who you're going to marry, you know, what kind of career, all that kind of major stuff yeah. we make when yeah. we're in our early twenties uh, often. And so, um, and I remember, I mean, thank God I had good influences in my life and people giving good counsel, but the, the counsel that was given to me time and time again was, you know, read your Bible being God's word. And that that's true. Mm -hmm. That's real. But for myself, and I know a lot of people, a lot of students I've canceled over the years, what happens when we hear that advice without a long explanation is like, so then I start going through, let's say, let's say I'm uh, uh, praying about this girl. Should I date her? Right. So then all of a sudden I'm reading everything in scripture through this lens of, should I date this girl? So like, maybe I read Philippians 4 through 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And, uh, you know, maybe the girl's already rejected me, but I'm like, Hey, I read this verse. Uh, I need to keep asking this girl out. Right. And so yeah. just a terrible, uh, application to, to what's really good advice just being God's word. When I, what I know now, what a lot of my mentors and people were speaking in my life was like, Hey, you know, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked, right? Make sure that that girl you're pursuing is, is a Christian, you know, uh, Proverbs 31 tells characteristics of a woman you should be looking for. Does she have those characteristics, right? The fruits of the spirit are those in her, in her life, right? That's the kind of stuff they were saying without saying all that. They were just like, Hey, mm. being God's word. So that was kind of at the heart of it. Like I, I had experience with, Hey, uh, there needs to be a little more explanation, but then the same time, there's some really great books and video courses on God's plan for your life that are really long. And that's not geared really towards high school or young college students. And so um, that was kind of at the heart of it was to make something brief that would appeal to younger people and new believers that they could quickly grasp, hey, be in God's word and let God's word transform you. Um, and so... Um, Goodness, yeah. So it started out as a video course was what I put on my heart to do. And I'm going to throw Alex under the bus. Um, actually, let me give more more before I throw Alex under the bus. <laughs> actually, it's going to be a praise for him. I love Alex throwing Alex under the bus. So um, this is going to be good. So um, anyway, so 2019 was when God put this on my heart. And I procrastinated it. <laughs> like really bad. But for what it's worth, uh, that was the time Sarah and I were working to move towards Houston. So there was a lot going on in life. And then mm. we moved to Houston in 2020, pandemic lockdown. All of a yes. sudden, 40-minute drive, 
each way to work wasn't happening. You know, again, I do a lot of the planning trips and things like that. Um, there weren't a lot of trips happening. So I had some time. So I started to work on that course. And um, I gave that the, the course notes and such to uh, seven different pastors. Uh, one of them was Alex Seidler. And uh, his advice specifically, I remember very well, because it made me do a lot of work was, well, this is, this is more towards for young people. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, you know, high school, college, you know, that kind of thing is how I would see it being utilized a lot. And he's like, so it needs to be a lot shorter. <laughs> so ah, I had to like okay. really hack it up. Like, I, I think I had like, if I recall, I think it was like close to six hours material, something like that. And just, you know, butchered it, you know, like, okay. And so as I yeah. got a lot of the, the fat and just got down to the nitty gritty of it, um, I had 21 scriptures, 21 stories. And uh, me and Sarah were looking at it and like, huh. That's a book. That's not so much a video course. <laughs> um, and uh, tell you about this. So at this point, too, I was looking at it and, and, and a thing that kind of put me on this, this path, too, I think, uh, going back to way 2006, uh, when I first mm -hmm. took my first job in ministry, I picked up a book from Chuck Norris. It's his autobiography. And uh, if you read it, the main theme throughout is God has plans for you. And so there I was, my first job in ministry, really seeking direction in life. You know, what's my career going to be? Who am I going to marry? You know, all these big decisions. And Chuck Norris really encouraged me. Hey, God has plans for me. I didn't know what that plan was, but that really encouraged me to spend more time in God's word and yeah. get, get right with the Lord and, and just follow wholeheartedly. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I, as I, I realized this is a book, I told my wife, hey, you know what? I think I got to get Chuck Norris involved in this some, some way, somehow that would be, be amazing. Right. Like, that's kind of like my little, little lease I'm going to put out there. Like God, you know, bring Chuck Norris to do this. And then I know you're, you're a part of your, your hand is on this thing. Right. And um, I know it sounds silly, but like, I really felt like, like maybe even the Lord was pressing that upon me to, to do that. Right. Um, and I was just going to self publish it because that's what people do. It's a lot of work. To and this was sure. 2020 when I'm finally working on it. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of places aren't, people aren't going out, you know, um, and buying, you know, going to the store, buying books, stuff like that. So uh, anyway, I got convinced to uh, apply to some publishers. I, I, I applied to 103 publishers, sent my material to. Uh, these all Christian 103? Publishers. 103. Because uh, I read uh, this one blog advised uh, basic percentage and all this stuff. Re count on being rejected, yada, yada. And so if you want to be accepted, you need to apply to at least a hundred. And I went a little above and beyond. <clears throat> okay. Nice. And it's, it's glad I did. Cause I, I only heard back from three of them. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, you need to write another book on persistence. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I got rejected by a hundred publishers, uh, <laughs> but I didn't hear back from a few. <laughs> and now amidst all this, I have emailed Chuck Norris, no joke, at least 20 times. Um, uh, the <laughs> So first I had to research, how do you how do you contact someone like Chuck Norris? So so anyone listen, wondering like how you actually have to look into what agencies represent him and then you have to register for those agencies. So like it was 35 bucks to register for agency. And then I could get the okay. email of his agent. Okay. No promise agent would respond, manager respond. Sure. Like that. So um so I spammed basically his agent and his manager. They never responded to me. Uh, I sent emails to his water company, Seaforce Water, um, fan clubs, you know, Facebook page, his webs, all this stuff. I sent emails, um, nothing. Um, so I'm real, like, even though I heard back from some, from some publishers, um, it wasn't like, 
they wanted to give me some great deal. Um, one of them actually went out of business while we were discussing stuff. Because uh, again, this is <laughs> oh, 2020. No. And so they had, they called yeah. up and sorry, we can print it. We cannot distribute it. You know, like there's just no distribution happening right now. Okay. Well, that's pretty useless. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I got really frustrated. I was actually at a point, like, even though there's a book out there, even though I, you know, heard from some publishers of, of wanting to quit. And um, one night I'm reading the, uh, my son has a lot of Bible stories, right? A lot of like little kids Bible stories. So it makes it really simple. And there's one of uh, 12 men went to spy on Canaan. And what, what was really convicting is I'm reading this to my son. I got teary eyed because it's like, you know, there's these 10 guys that they're, you know, they spread the fear, right? If you're out Israelites. And I was like, man, like, and that's, that was my, thing it wasn't a lack yeah. of conviction that god had this for me at this point it was fear it's like you know what if i do all this work and it fails what if um mm. you know uh goodness think about your favorite politician i don't care who they are some word that they've said has been twisted or your favorite pastor right um yeah you know something they say gets twisted so i'm like man i don't want to have i'm gonna have this book these words printed these stories of my life and then someone can twist it and say it bad so i was just scared of a lot of stuff um, sure. But yeah, so then I was convicted. So I started, you know, again, emails to Chuck Norris's people, working on the book more, <laughs> editing. It took, uh, when I said done, 22 drafts of, of the book before it was published. Um, but the uh, the renewed vigor didn't have, it didn't last long. Um, just basically just, uh, you know, I wasn't hearing anything new from publishers. Like I had two that were semi-interested that didn't go out of business, but then nothing like solid offers. And then it's like, who else do I apply? I applied to 103. I didn't know anymore uh, to apply to. And so I thought about quitting. And this was when the Lord really, like, really spoke to me. Like the, the first, you know, speak like uh, was just something on my heart. Like God, I felt like I was saying hey, yes. something like this. But then um, uh, this is when Sarah's pregnant with joy. And I remember she was, had morning sickness and make it a church. It was just a really garbage Sunday morning. And uh, make it to church, um, you know, by myself because Luke's in kids' church. Sarah's at home, pregnant and sick, and um, and everyone's worshiping. And I'm trying to worship, and um, I really feel like the Lord, still small voice. And it was very interesting. I've never had anything quite like this. The still small voice said, "I'm not done with you," which, goodness, at the time I was 37, so surely he's not. But um, uh, all, with those words, I feel like it was embedded a scripture, which is Ephesians 3.20. It says, now yeah. to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly while all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And so there was just that, uh, I'm not done with you. Hey, I'm with you with the Holy Spirit. You can do more than you can imagine. And it was yeah. just this this like boost of, of confidence and that God is with me and that I can write this book and get this book published and, and all this stuff. And um, so um, and then I remember the next day, a big thing was Googling how to get a hold of Chuck Norris and all Chuck Norris's stuff, right? That was to me was this big thing. Um, it is a big thing, but you know, that was, that was this big obstacle, right? It's like, if I can get Chuck Norris on board, then I, I, I you know, believe this is a yeah. God, right? That was my, yeah. my fleece, right? Yeah. And um, uh, so here's an interesting thing. So then all this Googling, I found out his foundation was down the street from the nation to nation office in Houston. Really? Away. So I was like, Thank you, Lord. This is this is it. This is how it's going to happen. So I first called them and I got a voicemail and then I emailed them and got an auto response. And so I was like, that's interesting. So then I drive by there 
there's no one there um and i could tell you the intricacies of of uh kickstart kids now but uh the bottom line a lot of their people travel is what i've learned um so that that was not the opening door uh thing um uh what i what what wound up being the thing that that got him on board um i found out these big movie stars um they have lots of agencies that represent not just one or two they have several so I found another agency that represented them. I was able to send an email through that. And again, like, <clears throat> I really got to go back to that word the Lord gave me. Because it wasn't for that word from the Lord, I wouldn't have pushed Yeah, through. man. All right? Yeah. So then I, I, I um, emailed one more email, right, through this other agency. And I, I didn't think much of it, to be honest. And um, I think it was only two or three days passed. And I got this email from Chuck Norris. <laughs> <Come laughs> and on, uh, man. Chuck Norris is such a boss. So, you know, there was never dialogue and i gotta say too you know in those previous emails i had sent him the book and stuff like that um there's never dialogue between me and him there was never like a written email he sent like a 12 13 whatever second video that I, i've used my my promo people have seen um that was his email was, was just a video of him promoting the book and so uh, i really have good. no clue to this day how much buying he has for the book you know, I, I've joked with a lot of family and friends, you know, the, the, the parable, uh, I think Luke 18, the, the, the uh, Oh yeah. The persistent widow. widow. I'm like, that was me. <laughs> you know, Chuck Norris is like, go away, Tim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here. I'll but because this. of your incessant begging and nagging, <laughs> I will give you justice. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. So, so that was, uh, I mean, dude, I cried when Chuck Norris, uh emailed me and like i, I dude it's up. walker texas ranger yeah, I, know. I, I don't blame you that's awesome <laughs> but it was more than um it's walker texas ranger like i said a few times it was kind of my fleece i put out there and i yeah. I, I wouldn't say i ever said lord if you have chuck nor i never said that but it was a thing i felt like with this uh word lord gave to me hey we need a course on this we need by the way there is a video course too we decided to do as well um just because that's what God put on my heart to do. But the book has become the big thing because Chuck Norris and everything. But um, yeah, so that was the Lord put that that word on my heart to, to do this course. And um, honestly, that Chuck Norris endorsement was the thing to me. Man, wow, the Lord is in this, right? There's no doubt in my mind now the Lord is in this and I'm hearing from the Lord. Um, and that was the thing that made tears in my eyes like so much. You know, it's like the Lord is speaking to me that he is directing this. And like I'm seeing that yeah. again and again uh, as you know, I haven't even, I'm going to start in two weeks here. I'll be traveling to promote the book. Um, and this is my first uh, uh, interview promoting the book. So uh, yeah, the Lord is already blessing it. And I know it's, it's impacting lives. Um, Sarah and I were, were just floored that we heard from um, some missionary friends in two different countries. They're utilizing it. And I was just like, that's great, that's man. crazy. Like that was never, um, like that wasn't, that wasn't on the agenda. That wasn't the thought process. It was like, okay, we can utilize this book and we can raise money for missions and it can disciple people too. And I was, I didn't even think about it first as a, you know, an international tool and that sort of thing. So that's so that, cool. That's man. the short of it. <laughs> no, let me tell you what I really love about that story. It, it's something that I've, um, I've talked to several authors uh, about this kind of thing. And I've seen it happen in my life every time that I've sat down to write a book. Um, it's, it's like God had you live the process again of what you were writing about, because so, so much of what you were writing about in that book is really, it's about kind of 
you you have chapters in there about putting yourself out there and taking mm -hmm. a risk and taking a step of faith. And I don't want to give too many spoilers away about the book because I want people to get it because I think it's really uh, going to be helpful to a lot of people. But, you know, hearing the voice of God and uh, responding to what the Lord is telling you to do. And again, the title of the book is God's plan for you. And so it's just cool how God kind of sets us up and he yeah. orchestrates things. And I've seen it happen in my life so many times where, you know, I'm sitting down to either write about something or to prepare some kind of a message or, you know, even working on a podcast or whatever it might be. And I'm thinking that, okay, I'm about to pour out on people. I'm about to, you know, talk about my great expertise in this area or whatever. And then somewhere in the middle of the process, I realize I actually don't know as much as I thought I did. And God is actually using this as an opportunity to teach me yeah. or to get at something that's in my heart that's still holding me back in ways that I didn't realize that that I was. And it's just so cool how even in the process of God, you know, putting this on your heart and using you to, you know, write this book, which is already impacting nations that in that same in that same process, he's so good and he's so thorough in what he does that he's also able to, you know, bring you into a new kind of experience that causes you to grow in your personal life as well. And uh, he's just so good at that kind of stuff. So that's something that I really, really loved about that story that you just told is um, the b beyond the, the persistency. I love that, man. I love the persistence of just putting yourself out there and just. You know, even in those moments where you did feel like you wanted to quit, like it was just not happening, um, you know, everybody goes through that, you know, and and that that thing of, you know, that 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 spirit led drive, I'll call it that just said, you know, what, I, you know, we got to get this done. We got to we got to push that. We have to keep going. But at the same time, just the way that the Lord led you through that process and uh, did, did you did you notice that at the time? Did, was that something that was kind of going on in your mind? Like, like, um, it seems like I'm kind of living so, like this is kind of happening to me. Some of the things I've been writing about in this book. And, you know, was that something that you were conscious of or at the time? No, there's so much going on. again, like the heart of writing. It was 2020, the pandemic. Right. <clears throat> so gotcha, it was more yeah. like thoughts about all that going on and everything. And um but I'll tell you this, uh, the last uh, month in preparing sermons, I'll be sharing at some churches, you know, up in Michigan, New York stuff is what we're promoting the book and itinerating and everything. And, and uh, of course, I'm going to share about God's plan for you. And that is uh, a lot of that story with, you know, me trying to write the book and get Chuck Norris uh, to endorse it is what I'm going to share. Because, man, fear was a big thing in it and just uh, mm. disappointment was a big thing in it. And that's so much of... Uh, of what we experience right when we seek the lord um you know and the one thing i talk about in the book too is um <clears throat> i lost my train of thought a little bit but <laughs> um <clears throat> talk about a lot of things in the book but when we're seeking the lord you know he's transforming us and uh uh you know he, renewing our mind as, as Romans says right and yes then, and there's mm -hmm. a good test to prove what god's will is and there's never a point where we're like, I am fully changed. I know everything yeah. what God wants me to do from what coffee I'm going to have to, you know, who I'm going to share the gospel with. To, you know, we never hit that point. And that's uh, I was talking with a friend recently like, hey, what's really good about this book is, you know, I can read this again and again. This goes whatever I'm going through in life. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that, you know, because, yeah, that's true. Like, like uh, we're never at a point where we're just like, that's it. You know, I know all everything God has for me. I, I don't think 
God's never done transforming us, right? Mm -hmm. So we're yeah. always, uh, he's yeah. always working on us and we never stop changing. And, um, you know, yeah, I wrote this book, but there's still times I was struggling to, to know like, Hey, is this really God's plan? Is God really having me do this? So, Yeah, man. You know, the other thing talking about fear, you, you know, you, you brought up that something that was kind of going through your mind throughout that process was, you know, what if I do this? What if I put all this work into this and I put this thing out and it fails? Yeah. And I think that that right there is a thought. It's a it's a fear. It's a thought that so many of us, you know, so many people deal with and struggle with on some level that actually will cause so many people not to go forward and not to take that step of faith and to you know, not go after that dream or that goal or, you know, whatever it is to go after the plan of God for your, for their life, whether we're talking about God's big picture sort of overall plan, mm -hmm. or if it's something along the journey, like writing a book or starting a business or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. And so I think that that question, what if I do all of this and it fails is something that the enemy just uses so much to try to, you know, get us off track and to, to just get us to kind of throw in the towel or to not go after those things. And I love the fact that even though that there was some struggle there, you know, I, I think that when you push through the struggle, God's not sitting there like highlighting your struggles. He's not sitting there highlighting your faults and it's like, Oh, you should have trusted me more through this, Tim. God's like rejoice. Like, you know, God's, God's there with you and just your biggest fan, just knowing that you, trusted him enough through the process to even work through some of those fears you know i think that sometimes yeah. in life not to get too deep but we could think that because we had a faith struggle or we were in you know this sort of fight where we weren't sure we did this kind of roller coaster up and down sort of a thing that we weren't trusting god but i think the fact i think when you push through that and it's like you make that choice, like even though I'm dealing with some struggles here and I'm dealing with some fears and things like that. But when I choose to be obedient anyway, that is trusting God. It's it, it might not be the most perfect looking trust in the world, but it's something that God's able to to harness and to use for his purposes. And again, it's just it's part of that growth process. And I just love that how through everything that you're doing for the kingdom and to be a blessing to other people at the same time, God is so intently focused on, I want to do something in you as well, Tim. You know, I want to do something in you as well, my son, my daughter, because I want you to come through this process, having known me more, having become more acquainted with my character, learning how to learning how to trust me more and all of that. So I just think that we can maybe learn a, a little bit. More. I know I can learn more to trust God through that process and through the the pain and the difficulty and where it doesn't look like it's going to work, but to not be so quick to give up and to just say, God, I'm going to I'm going to be obedient to you, which is another theme that, that comes across in your book is obedience as well. And uh, anyway, I just think that that's a really, really beautiful thing that happened there. Yeah. And like, obviously, God uses stuff, I guess, to grow our faith. Right. So we can do bigger, better things. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I think back to my uh, first overseas mission trip and what a big step of faith that was. And I'm like, you know, had I never done that, have I never done a few different things, would have absolutely never written a book. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, so God's yeah. done a lot of stuff to grow me, to, to bring me closer to uh, everything he has for me. And yeah. Um, 
I guess to tell you another thing, I, I uh, stood out to me in the process of writing the book, and this is this is kind of just, uh, I guess, life circumstances, and uh, of course the writing of the book and everything uh, going into it is. It seems like in the church, well, I mean, I know for my life, it's not 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 throw out the whole church. Let's say for my <laughs> life, um, <clears throat> we're often seeking to, God, what do I do with you know, like when we move to Houston, right? All right. Do I move to Houston? If I do, what neighborhood do I live in? This, that, and the other, right? Um, <clears throat> this past year, my, uh, my my old Kia had some issues, and I had to get a new car. You know, what do I do? Get a new car. Right? All this different stuff. Um, we're like, hey, God, what do I do here? What do I do there? <clears throat> and as I look at Scripture, um, people knew what to do. God spoke to them, right? The yes. word of the Lord came yes. to how many different prophets, right? You know, uh, Elijah, Jonah, you know, <clears throat> the list goes on. And of course, we all want that burning bush. We all want that uh, whirlwind, like, like you know, uh, thing, like, like maybe not the, the, the words God said in the whirlwind, but we want, want this big, loud thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. There, I can think of like three instances off the top of my head where people in scripture didn't know what to do. But mm -hmm. for every instance of that, there's probably a hundred instances of where God was very, this is what you're going to do. And yeah. as I've gone through this stuff, like, you know what? I think a lot of the time I do know what to do, but there's, there's a thing of fear that holds us back. There's a thing of pride that holds us back of selfishness. Um, a, a scripture that comes to mind. Uh, so Proverbs uh, three, six, uh, I'll share a new living translation because it just plays it out real simple. Uh, Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Hmm. And so it's like if we're Christians, we're following the Lord, right? We should be seeking his will. And he's going to show us which path. And um, so a lot of times, and there's so many scriptures that really kind of lay it out. Like it's obvious, right? And like like Romans 12, 1 and 2 is what I really emphasize in the book, right? That we can test and approve God's will. And like that was some, I did not know that until I was in my 20s. And I didn't understand that probably well until I was in my 30s. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we can know God's will. We can know, hey. God, should I buy a, a gas-saving car? Should I buy an SUV? You know, that sort of stuff. And um, uh, yeah, and, I, and it all obviously starts with obedience and it starts to doing the things God's revealed in his word, right? Like, are we uh, loving people that aren't loving? Are we uh, making disciples? Are we, you know, being obedient to all the things he's called us to do? So, Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting when we look at scripture, how how clearly and specifically God spoke to people like go to the street called straight and there you will yes. find a man named Anna. like, you know what I mean? Like how God so often gave such clear direction where people weren't sitting around wondering like, okay, what did that mean? God. Okay. And then now I got to try to decipher this and try to figure this out. And I think that our expectation of God's voice becomes really, really important because, you know, like you just said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry. Well, I'm going yeah. New King James because I, I couldn't remember exactly what the new what the new living said yeah, just now. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path or yeah. make your path straight. Right. Yeah. And so re recognize that when you acknowledge God in all of your ways, that when you set your life up that way, when you live according to his will, when you spend time with him, when you're communing and fellowshipping with him, that the direct result of that 
is that he will make your path straight. He's going to let you know what to do. And you're, and you're going to know, I, I really like the way that you said that there, that that's really the natural sort of progression of being with the Lord and acknowledging him in all of your ways. And so it's like, uh, I think that our expectation can be really crappy sometimes where we just, I know for a long time, man, I struggled so profoundly with hearing God's voice. And I think a big part of it, not, not the only part, but a big part of it was my own. Yeah. Like my own expectation was just weak. Like I always just felt like, Oh, it's just going to be a struggle. I'm not going to know what God is saying. Cause I don't, I never know what God is saying because of this. And like, I'd let my kind of mind run away with me like that. And I would end up with this really just lame expectation of not hearing God <laughs> and I felt like I couldn't hear God. And I felt like, you know, all this kind of stuff that start started working against me, like condemnation and all these different things that I ended up, you know, that just made it super like an anxiety kind of a thing for me to try to hear God's voice. And I lived like that for a long time. And then I recognized like, OK, hold on. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I used to look at that verse as a, as something that was like con condemning against me. It's like, oh, well, I must not be very good sheep because I'm not hearing God's voice clearly. And then one day the Holy Spirit spoke to me through that verse. And he was like, this is not me condemning you for not being able to hear my voice clearly. This is a declaration over your life. This is, this is, an this is a declaration about your identity. That because you are my sheep, that you belong to me, you do hear my voice. And so I looked at it differently and I was able to kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. And and I think when that expectation increases and you approach God from a place of rest yeah. rather than a place of I got to try to figure everything out and it's not working and blah, blah, blah. Then I just think it becomes so much more. I don't know if I want to use the word easy, but definitely simple um, to hear God more clearly, you know, when it becomes work, a normal part of life rather than something that I have to do and like a work kind of thing, you know, it just becomes the natural progression of in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Yeah. I think it's a thing where it becomes more clear, more obvious. And like I said, uh, <clears throat> I think we just have our own, st our flesh gets in the way, right? Our pride, our selfishness, our fear and stuff like that. And, um, so I, in the book, I do talk about, um, the passage right or sheep hear my voice and um the the scripture uh sorry the story in the book i talked about my best friend growing up tony and uh you know little kids i don't remember how old i was i think i put the age in the book but you know little kids and i, I call his house for the first time and i assume it was him it was actually his brother like sounded the same to me and, uh -huh. and then you know growing up you know, call probably every week his house or something like that and i don't remember when it happened but then there was one day he would just say hi and i knew it was tony right and I think God's voice is like that, right? We have to start with, you know, hey, was that nudge from the Lord? Okay, let me let me see. You know, and then does it, yeah. I, did the Lord say pray for this person at Starbucks and you did and God showed up? Well, I think that was from the Lord, right? And then we, yeah. we you continue that stuff and then we go, huh, I know what the Lord's voice sounds like, you know. I think that's how how we distinguish it. It does become easier and more obvious as we are obedient to to that voice. So I love that, man. Yeah, there's definitely some risk involved mm -hmm. in it, you know, and that that willingness to put yourself out there and to just be like, OK, yeah, like I, I think that 
the Lord is nudging me in this direction. So why don't I give it a shot? Like, what's the worst that could happen? And I think that, you know, when you're willing to do that, uh, I've had this thought. I don't know how biblically, you know, or doctrinally sound this thought is, but I've just had this thought and it seems like it's worked for me. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I would rather fail in the direction of obedience. In other words, even if I get it wrong, but my goal was obedience and I find out on the other side that I was wrong. I would rather do that. And I think that there's even safety in that, even though it involves me getting out of my comfort zone and potentially making a fool of myself or whatever it might be. I think that there's safety in that as opposed to the other option is I'm not sure if this was God, so I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just not going to move. I think that we need to use balance in what I just said, too, because I think that there's times where you know, if you need to wait for confirmation, there's times where, you know, there's, and God is good. God's faithful and he'll bring confirmation, especially when we're talking about like big, huge decisions. I'm not saying just go and like, you know, just start doing crazy things because you think you might've, you know, interpreted a dream correctly or, you know, whatever. I think that there's, there's balance there. Right. But especially when it comes to little things like that, like those things where it's like you're in Starbucks where, God leads you to pray for somebody or God leads you to give money away to somebody or God, you know, it's like these things. So often I think these things that we don't want to do and then we just we try to justify it in our mind like, oh, I don't think that's God because, uh, you know, I've only got two minutes until I've got to get in my car and go to work. Like, you know, what I mean? we justify these things yeah. or we justify our disobedience rather sometimes. And, uh, you know, I just think that if we would just have that willingness to step out of the boat, to be obedient, to take that step of faith, uh, then that sort of becomes training ground, right? Where, you know, as you said, I had to keep calling my friend's house up and then eventually it got to the point where I recognized his voice and I always knew that it was him. And when we do that with God, with the Holy Spirit, we eventually learn. But if we're constantly just rejecting his voice because we're not sure, then we're always going to be in that same place of I'm not sure. I think at some point we've got to take that risk, you know, <laughs> to get out there and give it a shot. That's so biblical. Like, you know, you can look at so many characters from scripture and, and goodness, how many times do they uh, kind of like act scared or not want to do, you know, think about Jonah running away from God. Think about, you know, uh, the Lord talks to Moses in a burning bush. And one of my favorite scriptures is Moses says, Oh Lord, please send someone else. <laughs> you know, um, yes. that is, it's so human. It's so us, you know, we, we, we get scared. We get, um, yeah, ourselves get in the way and, but we have to, yeah, yeah. Acknowledge those things that, you know, and there is a balance. Um, the, uh, Burt Cliff, the president of the uh, nation nation, he likes to say stuff about, uh, you know, going to spray paint Jesus as Lord at, at Mecca. And, uh, you know, if you're going to do that, you better be clear that's from the Lord, right? You don't just go, you know, maybe the yeah. Lord's saying this, right? And start war and, and some crazy stuff. You better be really sure. But if the Lord's telling you, hey, you know, uh, pray for someone at, you know, coffee shop. Well, isn't that biblical? You know, is there something, anything unbiblical about that? No, I don't, I don't think so. It's worth yeah. taking a risk. So, Yeah. <laughs> so what are... What's something that you could share either, you know, one thing or if you want to share a couple of things 
that maybe you have learned throughout your journey of following the Lord and your your journey in ministry and um, learning to understand and discover, you know, progressively the plan of God for your life. What are some ways that you have personally learned to distinguish or recognize God's voice? Hmm. That's a really good question. All right. And a lot comes to mind. I'm going to share a ridiculous story. So it's a point, hopefully people will remember. So um, <clears throat> I went to this New Year's Eve party many years ago, early 20s. I, I was a college minister at the time. And I remember I was one of the first ones there. And uh, because I was a college minister, I, felt I had to be there the whole time and, and everything. And that's important to the story because I, I had to go number two when I got to the party. Okay. But <laughs> being uh, the college minister, I wanted to, I, I didn't want to just go into someone's house and, you know, blow up the bathroom. Yeah, right blow up the bathroom. Yeah. Said hi to everyone. And then I go into the bathroom and it's early. It's like eight or nine. And this is a New Year's Eve party. Okay. So, you know, you're going to be there till past midnight. And there is a floating octagon. I think it was like blue and sparkly in the toilet. Now I'm gonna just throw this question, dude. What would you do in that situation? You got it. You really badly got to go number two, and there's a floating octagon in the toilet. A floating octagon. Like how big was it? It was, you know, not quite the size of my hand, but let's see. You know. Was was it like a kid's toy or something? It was to me. It was unidentified. I was like, what on earth is this? And it was sparkly, like it was a cleaning kind of a thing, and so it looked like it was supposed to be there, <laughs> um, but. I was like, surely you can't flush that. That looks way too big. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. If it was unflushable, I and I, I, I probably would have. I don't know, man. I don't want to. So here's what <laughs> I, I probably would have figured out a way to scoop it out. <laughs> so I really I had to go. So I was like, oh my, what do I do? So I picked up my phone in the bathroom and I call my friend Clemente. And I tell him the situation. He's like, dude, just go home. <laughs> Don't mess with just go, go home. home. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Clemente. And I, but I felt like I needed to be there. So I called, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if he wants to say his name, but I called a pastor friend. And um, <clears throat> and he's like, this was out. not a video chat, right? I'm assuming. <laughs> he's like, take it out, go number two, put it back. <laughs> okay, put it back. So that's yeah. what I did. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Just because uh, there's funny side notes on this story. Uh, most of the guys throughout the night just went number one over the top of it. Didn't flush it because people didn't know what it was. Uh, I later Googled <laughs> it and talked to the host about this. It was one of them Clorox cleaning wands. And apparently okay. the end of it, it was really big. Didn't look like it, it, you could flush it. So that was. But anyway, I bring up that story to say there are times in life we need advice. And we need people to discuss stuff with. And so to me, that's been one of the biggest things, right? That I have people in my life that I can be like, hey, what do you do in this crazy situation? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and men that, that can can pray for me, men that can uh, share scripture with me, uh, men that can share their experiences with me, right? <clears throat> and uh, so that's been one of the biggest things for me. Um, goodness, I could list, uh, you know, uh, there's a guy named Sean Jones, huge influence in my life. Um, uh, Gene Palmos. Uh, at first Christian been a huge influence in my life, uh, Ryan Brewer, like there's just, there's a long list, right. Of guys that have been huge influences in my life and spoken in my life and, um, spoken scripture and, and prayed for me. And, and yeah, so that, that's been one of the biggest things in, in, in God's plan is like realizing it's not, you're, you're not, you can't do it by yourself, right. You got to have yeah. that, that core group with yeah. you and guys to, to do stuff along with you. Um, I'll share another story that's in the book because I think it's one of the best ones in the book. And uh, uh, <clears throat> I think that's what, what you kind of were going for. Uh, 
<clears throat> so I share the scripture. Let's see. Do I have I have the book? I was gonna say I thought I had the book nearby. I'm gonna make sure I get the scripture right. Oh, hold hold that up. Hold that up so we oh, can yeah, see yeah. it. Oop, oop. Here's the book. There God's you go. plan for you. Love it. You can get it uh timoutlaw.com or just search God's plan for you on Amazon. Okay, so it's day 15, I believe. Yes, okay. So here's the scripture I share with this story at Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so my first hunting trip taught me a lot about that. Uh, so me and my, my roommate at the time went scouting at uh, Laguna Vista Wildlife Refuge. Uh, anyone from the Valley listening knows that place probably. Um, and so you could go, there's only a few weeks in the year you can hunt and you have to go scout it out and everything as so we scouted it out and, you know, put weeks in beforehand. And then the morning of the hunt we're there, whatever they let us in five, five 30, whenever. And we go out, it's still dark. It was cold and rainy that day too. It was a terrible day. <laughs> and in this wildlife refuge, there's really thick brush full of thorns. It's just, it's mm. nearly impossible to get through it. Yeah. So you can get cornered in the brush real easily. So, uh, to maximize potential to, to get something on the hunt, because we're bow hunting, uh, my friend went 100, 200 yards away from where I went. We, we got right off the road. We diverged at a fork in the road. So I hiked through the woods, found a nice spot, sat in the mud in the rain, saw three deer, got cold, and came back. Um, there was no truck there where I thought there would be a truck. Uh, long story short, I eventually hitchhiked in full camo and everything to a ranger station because my cell phone wouldn't work out there. Use a landline to call my roommate, find out he's at home getting something. Okay. So then he tells me the story. It's like, well, I, I left and, and, you know, had had the flashlight and going down the path. And then I heard coyotes. So then I started to run. And then, you know, he's not really using the flashlight so much anymore because he's yeah. running. And then he got to a corner, just all thick brush. And so he heard coyotes. Okay. He thinks they're going to get him. So he just pushes through and just gets all cut to pieces, you know, and then runs again. There's mm -hmm. more coyotes, pushes through. And he kind of repeats that he's hurting. He's wet. He's cold. He's yeah. cut. And, um, you know, again, he came off the path, not using the light, just running for fear. <laughs> and uh, then he mm. looks down and his pants were gone. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so uh according to him his just like the waistband was left right because he was just pushing through his brush and like it just ripped the pants off apparently so, oh so then he decides well i'm done hunting for the day <laughs> yeah it runs back and so when i called him uh he explained that story to me and was getting pants so yeah so um He's getting pants <laughs> All I have to say is that the 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 word is a light to our path, right? A lamp to our feet, right? And mm. So just like going back to what I was saying earlier, it's clear, it's obvious, right? When we're seeking the Lord, we're in his word, I think it becomes obvious to us. And like when we're new in our faith, when we're, you know, just, just you know, just put our faith in the Lord or, you know, we just start getting serious about reading the Bible, it's not going to be obvious, right? Like you were saying, like we got to practice listening to the Lord, being obedient to that. But when we're in his word and we're seeking him out and we're obedient yeah. to that, it starts yeah. to become more clear, more obvious, but there's always going to be those obstacles, right? Of our, our own mm -hmm. flesh, fear, pride, all that good stuff. So, or not so good stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, 
what about i don't i don't know yeah I, i'm just curious to, to hear your thoughts on this if um what if you're in the moment right so you're whatever it might be uh and we can come up with some examples we've talked about a couple of these already like you're in the coffee shop and god yeah. you know you feel like god's instructing you to pray for somebody maybe you're about to buy something and you know you have this you know you kind of have this thought or you think you hear you know this uh, the lord telling you don't buy that right now or buy this or get this for your wife or get you know what i mean like little things like that that kind of happen in the moment where they're not these gigantic sometimes it feels like that in the moment but they're not these gigantic life altering circumstances like you're not going to blow your life up if you do it or don't do mm -hmm. it it's just something that the lord is leading you to do in that moment where you know you don't really have time to call yeah. somebody up you don't really have time to well let me consult the the word of god and see what the books are. like you know what <laughs> i mean you don't really have time to do all that it's just i'm going to respond or i'm not going to respond um what, what what about in those in those situations is there anything that's kind of helped you to kind of discover whether or not it's it's god or kind of lean one way or the other you know even if there's a little bit of uncertainty or something like that but to kind of learn how to distinguish um god's voice sort of in those yeah more just in the yeah. moment things where you don't really have a whole lot of time to analyze and all you know all this other stuff that is one of the hardest things we'll start with that <laughs> and i think it's just a thing of growing in discernment right like obviously it'd be ideal if we had the bible memorized right and we knew everything mm -hmm. the bible said on the situation <laughs> but reality is i don't think any we do or anyone listening does and um <clears throat> yeah, so it, it's a thing where you grow in discernment, you grow from your from following the Lord, from from making those decisions, from you know hearing God's voice. Uh, my favorite scripture on this that I would I would take to kind of I guess analyze it or like you know uh, you know I have I have fairly memorized and, and just kind of like okay does this match up here is like Philippians four eight right whatever is true admirable noble let's see is it true admirable noble uh, praiseworthy righteous um, lovely what am I missing? Excellent, right? All those those things, right? Yeah. Is it those yeah. things? And so that's that's one one of mine to go. Is it this or not, right? Um, and you can kind of, I can kind of have a quick thought on that in two seconds. Um, not always, but I, I can kind of do that. So that's mm -hmm. one of my go to scriptures on that to kind of think about it like that. Um, but I th I think I think ultimately what you're saying it's a thing where we just grow in discernment, right, from our decisions, from listening to the Lord. So. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And, and kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier, too, I, th I think the more that you do that, the more that you learn to respond to the Lord in the moment. I love that you use the term nudge, like kind of those those little nudges from the Lord. And where I've seen this happen in my life a lot is in the area of even just my communion with him. And, and sometimes I'll just be I'll be involved in something. Uh, I might be either working or just doing something with my family or just relaxing, whatever. You know, it's happened in all kinds of different modes of life. But <clears throat> where I'm doing something, not really thinking about God per se in the moment, like I'm not really thinking about I should be reading my Bible right now or whatever. But <clears throat> where I just kind of this nudge comes where it's like I just sense the Lord saying, you know, come talk to me for a minute yeah, or something like that. And I can be so quick in my mind to just dismiss it. Yeah, I really, I really can. I can be so quick to kind of interpret that as I need to spend some time with God, but I'm busy. So I'll do it later. Like I can be really quick to do that. But 
um, I've I've learned through the you know through the years and through failing at it (laughs) to just become a little bit better at like hold on let me respond to this right now yeah and and it's so interesting that in those moments where God kind of interrupts my life he interrupts my day interrupts my my busyness. And he has every right to do that because he's God, right? And so when God interrupts me, and I and when I'm just quick to respond without overanalyzing it, without you know what I think God's speaking to me right now, and then I'll just you know step away, step to a different room, sometimes get in my car, go for a drive, and just whatever you know whatever it is, and then like just what's up, God? And and I and I just think that that sort of just that willingness to respond, you know, that you write about in the book, I think becomes so important. And it's something that, you know, just for me in my personal life has really helped me to grow in that area of being able to discern his voice. Because again, I, I think that the Holy Spirit is such a good teacher that when we allow him to lead us in that way, like he's always wanting to lead us in that way. He's always wanting to, um, to, to speak to us in a way that's going to disciple us, so to speak, in that process of becoming more and more acquainted with his voice and who he is. So absolutely. Yeah. Really, really love that. Yeah. And he obviously, right. He, uh, goodness, what's the scripture, right? He, he, uh, disciplines those he loves. Right. <clears throat> I mean, mm-hmm. and more than that too, um, I would just use the word conviction, right. And that he brings up stuff like, like, as you were saying that I, I couldn't help but think, and I, this has been clear in my mind for over two years now. Uh, there was these two Jehovah's Witnesses uh, asking me for directions, and I felt just uh-huh. in my spirit, offer to pray for him. Just real simple. And I, I was like, no, that's real uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and I completely rejected that, I remember. And I gave them good directions, sent them on their way. And I just, I, I, I felt in my, like, well, that was definitely the Lord. The Lord definitely wanted me to pray for him, right? And uh, <clears throat> it's one of those things like, okay, next time there's opportunity take that opportunity because you, you missed it that time, you know? And so I think the Lord makes that clear too, when you miss those opportunities. And again, he does discipline us too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, sometimes when you miss those opportunities, even, even that becomes a, a good sort of teacher or instructor. Yes. Cause it, cause you, you feel that you feel like, Oh man, I just missed out on an opportunity that, you know, maybe the Lord wanted to use that yeah. to, do whatever, but you'll never know because you yeah. missed out on that, that opportunity. Sure. So, you know, I think that rather than allowing that to become this like guilt trippy kind of thing that I think we could do sometimes, it's just, you know, that going before the Lord and like, you know what, like, God, I, I feel like I blew it. You know, I missed, I missed what you were saying. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like, you know, help me next time. And when I have a similar opportunity, help me to respond, you know, and kind of just making that decision that you're going to do it no matter, you know, whether it's uncomfortable or not. And the thing about it is that the more that you learn how to do it, the more, I think the more comfortable you become in making those choices to respond. Now, I, I do feel like God's always going to be pushing you out of your comfort zone. So oh, yeah. you're never going to get to the point like you might get comfortable doing that, but then he's going to start bringing things that are going to be more uncomfortable. But, but still, if you're learning how to um, respond in the uncomfortability, then it's just going to become more and more, you know, normal and natural for you as, as you're, you know, as part of your daily life. Absolutely. Like, goodness, as you're saying that, I think about 
<clears throat> so my first uh, mission trip overseas was evangelism, right? Just sharing Jesus and uh, like making relationships and doing that. And <clears throat> to be honest, I feel like I'm terrible at that. Um, <laughs> and maybe I still am, but <clears throat> like that's something God calls all of us to do, right? To make disciples, to, to, to share who yes. you've done in your life, right? Always be ready to give a, a, a reason for the hope you have. And so I remember uh, <clears throat> just being ultra convicted as I, I came back from overseas. I'm in the airport, <clears throat> struck up conversation about sports with this guy. And then he moved it to religion. And, and I felt, Lord, well, this is it. This is the opening and sharing the gospel with him. And I remember that. And then <clears throat> what's so interesting is like, that was uncomfortable. Then and I look back, I go, I, I could do that. I, I've done that. You know what I mean? Just to strike a conversation, mm. share the gospel with someone. And then I think about, goodness, the first year I moved, like me and Sarah got married, moved overseas. And um, Sarah had like, I don't know what you want to call a word or a vision, right? God made it really clear to her, hey, go look for this guy with these red and white basketball shoes and this basketball jersey. And sure enough, after searching a while, we found this guy. And, cool. and you know, and then uh, trying that conversation, right? Just like, okay, God's telling you this specific person, go seek them out and share with them. And long story short, he did become a Christian and like his grandfather's disciple. Yeah, today. Uh, that's awesome. So it's really cool. Like, but yeah, so God, grows that right he's gonna push you these little things a little uncomfortable uncomfortable and then you know writing the book right like i couldn't have done those things if i didn't do those things i would have never been able to yeah let me let me put down my wisdom in a book you know? yeah man <clears throat> yeah did you ever think that you would write a book was that ever something that was on your radar prior to let's say 2020 not this kind of book necessarily so uh in high school i wanted to be a writer that was a big desire in my oh cool heart. and just I don't want to be, I never wanted to be a traditional sort of writer. So back then it was uh, what people, I guess, call shower thoughts. I had a whole book of shower thoughts um, sort of thing. And I tried to, actually, I've tried to publish a few books. And this is the first one that, that took. And um, <clears throat> I'll tell a funny story. So one book that I completed that I think is hilarious and amazing is uh, um, called Poop Better. And uh, yeah, so this is a uh, recurring theme in, in today's so conversation. I, I, I Poop and no pants. On this. But, you know, overseas, um, you know, like, 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 obviously they use the squatty potty, right? A lot of places. And yeah. um, just like, all right, having to bring your own toilet paper, that was a new thing, right? And just mm -hmm. there, there's, there are very different things to how you use the bathroom in different parts of the world, okay? So I wrote a, a humorous book on that. And when upon completion, the Lord impressed upon me, don't do it. <laughs> don't put that out there. And I was like, why? This is really good and hilarious. And, um, you know, I was telling Sarah when this finally got published, God's plan for you. I was like, I understand now. I couldn't be the guy that wrote poop better and God's plan for you. So <laughs> people aren't going to pick up, you know, the, you know, by the same author. So, <clears throat> yeah. so that book maybe when you're like, probably never be published. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe when you're like in your 80s, God will finally <laughs> just be like, it's time, Tim. It's time. Release poop better <laughs> yeah um we can hope we can hope but what what was sort of your um what was sort of your writing process like so as you, as you were going through that did you write the book did it did it take you a while and or or was it you know quicker or well i guess because you had already had the the material right you said because you had kind of prepared and then you and your wife were just kind of like hey this is uh i think this is a book yeah exactly um, yeah so so you already had a lot of the material there and then you kind of formatted it exactly. into a book so it, it started as that video course and it it was largely like okay through my experience through what i know of scripture like all right it's, 
it's all about Romans 12, 1 and 2, in my opinion, right? So I focused on that, shared the other scriptures that have helped me, laid that out. And so a lot of it was just cutting it down. Like, okay, we don't want just to ramble. We don't want it to be long, keeping mm-hmm. it really short. So a lot of it was just cutting stuff down, cutting it down, cutting it down. And then also um, what stories work best. So I had one of the editors, goodness, actually, think about it, I've had a couple editors be like, this story doesn't work well for this. This story doesn't work well. So coming up with a different story uh, for, for the different scriptures. So they're, they're memorable. So I had to, you know, change out some stories here and there. And um, <clears throat> if I'm real, there's editors that have exaggerated some details and stories too, to really emphasize the point. Like, well, it's not as, as good like this versus this. And so, mm-hmm. okay, it's still true. But yeah, so um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was uh, everything. Uh, if, if you re- read the book, yeah, everything uh, in there is stuff I've experienced. So it's like, that's uh, my life experience and just walking out scripture. And that's what I've seen. And so that's what I'm sharing with people. So that's the short, yeah. Thing, I guess. Yeah. Love it. One of the things that you mentioned in the book is how Sarah softened you up to Christian metal. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. I I'll, I don't listen to it on my own accord. Uh, she'll play. Okay. It on, like, we, we got the echo bots all over the house, you know, and so she'll okay. play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we first got married, I was like, what is that? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> like I thought she was all into like just weird music and like, well, I uh-huh. still think it's a little weird, but you know, knowing it's Christian music is a little better, but this <laughs> <laughs> is not my style. What? So you, you won't listen to it on your own, but if she has it on, you're not, yeah, you're, you're, you're okay. You can, you can tolerate it. it. Yeah. Do you know, do you know some of the bands that are okay. kind of recurring? If they got mentioned, I would probably recognize it because she's okay. saw some of the t-shirts and stuff from her college days and whatnot, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. I got you. I got you. Yeah, because I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty uh I've been into that that metal scene since uh I was in high school. Okay. I guess so. Um I haven't so we used to we used to go to shows all the time and hadn't in a very long time, but uh, this this past year uh Alabama put on this furnace fest, um which is like a three-day music festival, and it's not all Christian, it's like kind of a a, a mixture of uh just all kind all kinds of bands but a lot of them are christian uh because the christian sort of underground music scene going back to the early 2000s really had a had a really profound impact on the you know hardcore and underground and metal you know music scene in general and so i got to see a whole bunch of bands that i hadn't seen in a bunch of years and a lot of bands that were like not even together anymore but came back together for the festival and stuff like that so anyway i was I just turned 36, but at the time I was 35 and it'd been like a decade since I had been to something like that, where I was like in the mosh pits and going crazy and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was super cool. Have you, have you ever, has it ever gone as so far as where you've like gone to <laughs> I'm sure there's a show where like hardcore kids are going crazy? Obviously we lived in uh, Asia for years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shortly sure. after we moved back, uh, you know, kids happened. So yeah, we have not uh, done that together. I'm actually not a fan of live music at all. Um, so oh yeah, unless someone like really twists my arm, I don't go to concerts. I'm, I'm just it's it sounds better uh, digital, y'all. Like, <laughs> You'd rather listen. To- <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, Sarah's a huge fan of live music, and I'm sure one day we'll go. But no, we have not yet. Yeah. 
Well, awesome, man. Well, let, hey, let me just say I, I do appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Uh, I'm super pumped for you with the book release. I'm pumped that Chuck Norris endorsed it for you. That's super cool. I'm uh, really, uh, I feel challenged by your persistence because there's some there's some areas, you know, some things that I've been wanting to go after that listening to how much persistence you put into you know, getting getting this accomplished in the way that you envisioned it, it uh, it makes me feel like okay, I can push harder than I have, and so I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate the book. I think it's going to be impactful for a lot of people. Let me just say, because I don't think I mentioned this part yet, God's plan for you being a the the way it's set up. It's set up as a you probably mentioned this, but set up as a twenty one day devotional, and I think that that's a really cool way to teach this concept where it's not just a whole bunch of information, you know, coming coming at you at once, but in a way where you kind of consume it in bite sized pieces and basically go through a 21 day journey of learning how to trust God more of learning how to step out more in obedience and learning the some of the ways that God speaks to you and God leads you and working on some of the mindset issues and getting into some of the maybe lies in your head or some yeah. issues of the past and kind of working through some of those things. I think it's a really, really practical way that you've put this together. And so um, I, I just I think it's really, really cool. Congratulations on getting it accomplished. And I know you're about to start promoting it in a in a bigger way. So I'm excited for, you know, all that's going to come out of it. So congratulations, man. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, man. And thanks for having me. And I'll add to, you know, I talked about, I, I wrote it with, you know, young people in mind, that sort of thing. And that is mm -hmm. true. Um, but uh, I'm hearing more and more uh, groups using this. Uh, my men's group at, at my church is using it. Um, and so like we were talking about, you know, you're never done being transformed by the Lord. So it really, it applies to you regardless of where you are on your walk. Um, Cause there's always some decision, something going on in life that you got to bring before the Lord and you got to, yeah. okay, God, give me clarity on this. And yeah, so yeah. it tries to take you through 21 days to, to pray through those things, to apply scripture to those things, right. Going on. And you kind of journal it too in the book and uh, see where God brings you in those 21 days. So yeah, yeah man, love it. Well, uh, thanks to everybody for checking out this episode, whether you were watching live or listening on one of the podcast platforms later or whatever. Really appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, if the conversation blessed you, challenged you in some way, I would love to hear from you. Or if you disagreed with it, that'd be cool. I'd love to hear from you on that too. Uh, if you if you would consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, anything like that would be super appreciated. Tim, do me a favor, hold up that book one more time. The book is called God's Plan for You. 21 day devotional by Tim Outlaw. You can find it at timoutlaw.com. You can also find it again on Amazon. Just search God's plan for you by Tim Outlaw. I typed in God's plan for you and then it actually came up. God's plan for you by Tim Outlaw. It came up like very, you know, right away. The auto fill, whatever just yeah. happened. And, and so I like when that happens, but yeah, man. Uh, so again, congratulations. Um, Love it. Love the super good reviews and everything. And um, yeah, so wish you all the best, brother. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, thank you. All right. Bye, everybody.